and we're gonna do our decode that claim corner yeah so um this is a relatively new segment um a lot of times victoria and i we have to stay on top of what's in the news mm -hmm. what's in the industry and once in a while we'll just come across a claim that make us go erp <laughs> <laughs> so today's erp claim is uh from a company called let's blind we'll, we'll blind the company oh okay um, yeah, yeah sorry so, no 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 it's cool so um Today's, uh, yeah, so today's claim I found is actually on a towel. Mm. Um, and basically, this towel that launched, I'm going to read Gloria some of the claims that came with it. Um, first things first. Breaks down acne-causing bacteria. Uh, with moisture wicking and hydrophilic fibers, our towel helps regulate body temperature and increase the flow of <laughs> oxygen and moisture Back into your pores, wait, 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 leaving your skin feeling hydrated, rejuvenated, and supported. Who uses towels that have hydrophobic fiber? <laughs> like, oh, yes. Oh, who would have thought I was using a tarp before? <laughs> oh. Yeah, so uh, hydrophilic, mm. sorry, hydrophilic fiber. Mm. So, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. But all towels yeah, absorb yeah. water. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, mm. interesting claim. Also, I'm very concerned about the breaks down acne causing bacteria i don't know how that was drawn from the description i just read. cutie bacteria you thought cell acid was your enemy meet towel <laughs> <laughs> all right here's this clean towel cleaner skin which i guess is literally true uh, yes <laughs> yes your towel should be clean uh hypoallergenic antibacterial moisture wicking more than buzzwords it means our towel not only removes bacteria from your skin it breaks it down and stops it from multiplying on your skin and in the towel <laughs> Sorry. so whilst your skin is staying healthy and clean so will your towel <laughs> Again, there's some matching fiber going on there. Exactly. And then finally, rejuvenates and hydrates skin. With the ability to regulate temperature and increase the flow of oxygen back into your skin, our towel helps rejuvenate and hydrate, letting your skin breathe, not suffocate, whilst you're drying off. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know towel suffocated my skin. I just pictured this towel going. Here, have some oxygen. Swipe, 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 yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, just so you know, anti-aging towels may be the next thing. I just picture a bunch of secret agents on this towel with <laughs> fan in one hand, like BB gun in the other hand, like cutie bacteria, pew 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 pew. Oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> but don't suffocate. <laughs> you must breathe suffocate. quick. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, I know Where, this. Would you buy this towel? How much is it? Uh, so I think the face towel is like fifty dollars. 
Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, we'll put that on your radar. Definitely go check out some anti-aging towels if you've tried them and deserve that. Believe it does not deserve the ridicule that we have given it. Please let us know because we are so curious. Um, but and otherwise, we're sorry, not sorry that we made fun of it. <laughs> actually, you know what? I have to hand to them. That's actually very creative. Yeah. Like, holy shit! Like, it's going to. Burst all your bad bacteria, keep the good ones, and hydrate your skin. You know, sing you sweet songs, and then <laughs> suck your. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Twelve seconds later. <laughs> the beer's kicking in, guys. Um, also. <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> one step away from making you're that right, you're right. <laughs> eventually i'm just gonna say i think there is um if aging mm. i think there's a toilet seat out there that can be anti-aging too <laughs> i would buy that toilet seat cover actually antibacterial claimed on seat cover is way more clutch than this <laughs> Yeah. You got charcoal problems, we got you, boo. No, think about it. Like, you got those, like, laser devices, those, mm-hmm. like, microcurrent devices. Microcurrent your toilet seats <laughs> for your stress marks and cellulite. <laughs> Yo, okay, you know what? I don't care how ridiculous that claim is. I would try it. Like, well, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make the most of your toilet time. Okay. Anyways, that's Decode That Claim. We, we if you've got one that you would like to give a shout out to, please send them our way. Um, but anyways, we're going to get into part two, and this is all about acne scarring. All right. All right. Well, we're done with the jokes. Back to serious, though. <laughs> cool. All right. We got this. So, um, first things first, when we were looking into this, probably one of the most interesting things that we learned was that there is a disorder for picking at your lesions, and it's called escoriation. Um, yeah. So, just so you know, um, I do it too, and I didn't realize it's an actual disorder. Um, I feel like it's like shaming people. I feel like every know. picker knows that you're not supposed I to know. pick, but you can't help it, right? But My- also, estheticians do it to you. Well, yeah. They don't say so. My fiance is a really bad picker, uh-uh. and he just it's just habit forming. He doesn't yeah. care, right? Yeah. And I've seen some excavation job. That it looks <laughs> like he puts his back into it. Oh <laughs> that is not how your esthetician does it. Yeah, yeah. Angela, our esthetician friend, is just gonna keel over hearing that. <laughs> um. Anyways, that was that was a fun fact or not so fun fact. Um. All right. I think the reason why we wanted to focus on acne scarring is because acne scarring and, and just general post-acne care is an afterthought. Um, oftentimes, is an afterthought. I think, yeah, it's actually a really big problem. It is. But um, a, lot of, a lot of times, like, acne care is so focused on treatment of active yeah. acne that acne scar... But people who have acne scars end up feeling really lost on yeah. what to do for it. So yeah. that's why we want to dedicate a segment to it. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah and i think you hit it right on the nail um you know usually the goal is to just treat the acne reduce the breakouts minimize those lesions um and it's never really to think about what comes next and that's to prevent scarring um and to make it even more challenging um 
Uh, there's a great review paper kind of talking about some of the difficulties with it. Um, a lot of times there's just very limited time during, you know, your um, appointment with the doctor to kind of talk about that and just put attention on that during the consultation. Um, there's also very poor compliance to treatment. Um, it's totally true because a lot of the scarring topicals, if you ever look out, um, what's that famous one? Is it Moderma? Uh, oh yeah i think so. yeah so usually those you have to use twice a day um you have to be very diligent about it you won't see results for a very long time and that's just the nature of scarring um uh and then also it's just honestly pretty difficult to talk about same thing as like acne it feels very taboo um it just plays your insecurities and knowing that it's a scar you just think it's permanent and there's nothing you can do about it so just all in all just kind of this like forgotten and just very discouraging topic all around but want to give you guys hope um there's a lot of focus on this now also because the beauty industry is booming the research is starting to expand in this area um so we're just going to talk about like some of the stuff we know and are trying to understand about it and then product wise like what are the different angles you can help tackle um and then what other kind of solutions you can seek out outside of topicals so first things first um Probably one of the most prevalent scars is the atrophic scar, mm -hmm. which is the box scars. And this is the type of scar that um, usually you would see a depression mm -hmm. in the skin, um, the topography. Um, and it's usually a kind of like a, um, almost like a little bit of like a circle um, box car kind of shape. Um, and then there's different degrees of severity with it just based on the deepness of the scar. Um, so they're really looking at that um, in terms of how to, uh, how to treat it and also understand like how it's being, um, I guess, how these are triggered and formed. And the major thing is inflammation. Yeah, and again, this kind of goes back to our point in meat part one, that yeah. um, inflammation is like a little bit underrated. Yeah. And what doesn't help is I think um, acne, acne patients are so used to and wants to pummel your acne with as much aggressive actives as possible mm -hmm. to solve that issue that a lot of times you forget uh, it, it's hard to balance that effectiveness uh, without inflaming your skin yeah. and causing problems down the road. So this is where anti-inflammatory ingredients come in. Um, yeah, inflammation can definitely lead to uh, side effects down the road. On top of these like atrophic stars, it can also lead to pigmentation, uh, yeah. hyperinflammatory pigmentation. So a whole host of problems. Yeah, a whole host of problems. So definitely, um, before these scars form, like um, try to incorporate as much uh, anti-inflammatory ingredients possible. Take a cooling mask once in a while. Yeah. You know, just help prevent it from getting um, severe. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, and I think um, from what they're looking at, they're even looking at you know the duration of inflammation in your acne. Um, they've seen that that is a possible factor in causing these scars. Mm -hmm. Another thing is this over proliferation of sea acnes. You know, this lack of balance. Um, they think that that is like a main trigger which also pushes us towards the skin microbiome and better understanding how to ensure that that diversity stays true. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, and I think this is where it gets like really tricky in terms of treatment because, you know, initially when you start having breakouts, they want to go, okay, like right out of the gate, we got to start eliminating these breakouts, reduce the number of lesions, the concentration in the area. 
But once you get to a certain point, you don't want to start triggering all that inflammatory response because that can open up another door to a whole host of other issues. And so that's why it's like this. Again, if, if you think about how like we talk about like cleansers with like the finding the balance, a sweet spot of power and gentleness is kind of that same strategy. You know, you want to you know, you want it to be potent, but you also don't want to go overboard. And that's where that's why it's so difficult to solve because everybody's, you know, tolerance is right. different. Um, and then the other thing um, that they've also noted is that at the end of the day, what's really going to help is getting your skin. I thought this was fascinating. Getting your skin to a point where it can tolerate sustained treatment of your acne topicals. So mm. once your skin can find that balance and is happy with it, that is your best strategy to minimizing the potential of scars because at that point, your skin's not reacting all the time to what you're putting on it. Actually, that's like yeah. a really good piece of advice for anyone trying yeah. aggressive actives like retinol and anything yeah. else. It kind of goes with what we're saying um of just kind of acclimating your skin yeah. build your skin up to a certain point and the whole time just remember the goal is never to irritate yeah exactly so i, I really like that i thought mm -hmm. that was really cool i think that you know it kind of just enforces what we talk about all the time of like diligence patience sticking with what makes your skin what your skin can tolerate and not trying to just like punch it into gear all the time you know um, and I, I think that's hard, especially when you're dealing with breakouts and you just like, ugh, like it's summer. Everyone wants to be out right now. And it's like the last thing you want to think about. So um, all in all, from what we've learned, you know, the takeaway here is like just not to get discouraged. You know, um, it I think the goal is to, to us for us to remind you to just stick to your routine stick to the commandments we always yes. talk about oh, um, yeah, we didn't talk about book this time <laughs> but yes one of the commandments is know your definitely know your basics yeah. you know know your fallback routine yeah and and then go from there yeah so with that let's talk about some products um i think first things we should clear the air is about hyperpigmentation um and just know that there is a difference between that and actual scarring yeah scarring as victoria uh described earlier it involves like a topography change mm -hmm. there's some um maybe some dips some depressions and whatnot uh hyperpigmentation is exactly as it sounds you will see some like red purple um spots from where um the inflammation happened mm -hmm. um and um yeah to tackle either or the first step is soothing mm -hmm. um soothing wow we really talked about soothing a lot <laughs> but yes definitely definitely use soothing products um this is where even cooling mask doesn't help, you know, just keep your skin soothed and happy. Yeah. How about run through some pigmentation, um, any pigmentation actives just to tackle that hyperpigmentation? Right. So um, we have a whole chapter in the book dedicated yeah. to hyperpigmentation. Yeah. And we definitely have a few blog posts. And wow, did we do a podcast on it yet? <clears throat> We probably did, right? Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but hyperpigmentation is another problem that takes a whole routine to solve. First, first and foremost, like anything else, sunscreen. Mm. Like, it's already important to wear sunscreen every day, but if you don't and you have hyperpigmentation, just know that your any active ingredient you use is working three times as hard if you're not actually sunscreening. Yeah. Um, then, secondly, some top hyperpigmentation actives include the now 
quite under the bus. Hydroquinone is considered <laughs> the gold standard. Yeah. But again, going back to what we're saying, hydroquinone can also be an irritating、uh, ingredient. So maybe、um, it's not right for everyone.、Um, other hyperpigmentation actives include、uh, molecules like. Uh, arbutin,、um, kojic acid. On the extract side, you have things like licorice root extract,、um, mulberry extract. Are all ingredients that have some data around it. Yeah.、Um, Triazemic acid is the relative newcomer that's been very popular. Yeah.、Um, so those are your topicals.、Uh, oh, and niacinamide is always a good one. Yeah.、Um, and then on the flip side, glycolic acid, chemical exfoliation in general is sometimes a forgotten factor in hyperpigmentation. Is It's like acne, right? You want to keep those cells moving along, or quoting Clinique, you want to encourage the departures <laughs> the <do> thereof. <laughs> Just go, 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 ta-ta now. Go, go. <laughs> so yeah, so that is basically hyperpigmentation routine in a nutshell. It's、yeah. a little bit. It's definitely a multifaceted problem. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> and like hopefully you also heard some overlap in there, so that you can like still continue your acne routine, but then you're still keeping the idea. You know, there there are ways to tackle hyperpigmentation because let's be honest, no one's doing just acne and just PIH. So like you know, you gotta have a little both.、Um, yeah. So on top of that,、um, I did want to mention there's actually a study done on 0.3 percent adapalene in combo with 2.5 percent BPO. Um, they actually did this study for about six months. Well, that's a very long time. Very long, but it's to look at the reduction of the boxcar scars. You know, so this atrophic scar,、um, and they actually did a, see a significant reduction, which is really exciting. And also,、um, I think it kind of just drives home the message of like, hey, if you can stick to your acne topical long term and keep up that diligent routine. You know, this should, in the end, like help with you know scar management.、Um, but otherwise,、um, I think the、uh, oh, I also wanted to share with Gloria. They they talk about they call when you pick at it. They call it mechanical manipulation. <laughs> it's a very、mm-hmm. weird term, but when you do that, it they didn't even want to go into it because it was a whole world of just. Different complex issues and、um, the skin topography and all of that just it just introduced a lot of other wild cards and they just like didn't touch that but we're just straight up like don't pick your scar like don't pick the lesions please、um, so so that was one warning、um, and then the other thing I think is more that like topicals in scar care will only get you so far it's true yeah it's, yeah it's like so it, honestly scarring is like any other more Um, serious visible like melasma. Yeah,、mm-hmm. if you want to get that, topicals will not get you the same results as in office treatments. Yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, topical is very helpful to have, and it's actually a very, very, very um good. Good. It's a very good idea to have a solid topical routine、like、to supplement. Yeah,、right? to prevent and supplement your in office treatment. But、yeah. if you want to, let's say. Go as far as say erase your scars completely, like change your your even out your skin tone and treat hyperpigmentation. Topicals is just not going to replace in office treatments. In fact, Gloria doesn't talk about this, but she used to specialize in very high strength peels.、Mm. Um, if you try to look at any of the scar data out there, a lot of them only really focus on really high strength peels. I'm talking like. Over th- like thirty five percent TCA peels,、um, phenol peels, phenol peels, Jesner peels. These are all super high, and that's really the only way. And you're not gonna get those 
in home. I hope not. You can strictly speaking find them on like Amazon. Please, no, please don't do that. <laughs> that is that. Okay, that was part of our book where we talked about like what which shopping channels are best for yeah. what products, and we mentioned Amazon. We're like, oh, good to try Japanese. Sounds good. Please. Please don't buy like 75% glycolic acid off of Amazon. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the type of topical that we're talking about in order to really target these scars. Um, so instead, we want to point you guys to, an, in, to a different direction, and that's in-office procedure. Um, a lot of times, these are the only ways that you're going to really ta- um, tackle severe scar scenarios. Um, and there's a lot of work being done to improve um, all of this technology. Um, probably one of the main things that are looked at and you've probably heard about is fractional CO2 laser therapy. This is the ablative laser therapy it that works removes super well. Yeah, it, it removes the surface of skin. Usually you need to take a few days off from work. It's pretty invasive, but um, really great results. Um, and I've had a friend um, done this. This was a while ago mm-hmm. and it's transformative. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Post care yeah. is very, very important, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, there's no way topicals gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that's one that's probably it's fairly common, and it's something that you can discuss with your derm. Also, definitely vet out your medi spas, your estheticians, and whatnot. Um, usually, I believe it's only medi spas that can perform this. Um, usually, with a derm and toe. So um, that, and then the other thing that I really liked and does give a lot of promise is microneedling. Yeah, there are some amazing before and after pictures with microneedling. Yeah. Again, not something that you can really achieve at home. No. I'll always you won't. Remember- yeah, <laughs> yeah. The needle you get from the at home treatment. Does, is not is very shallow compared to ones that they use in office and will not get you those results. Yeah, I always remember um, one of our visits to our um, esthetician friend mm-hmm. Angela's office. She did a microneedling on one of our friends and you can he, she can tell you when you hit a patch of scar tissue that honestly sometimes you don't even know you have, mm-hmm. right? Like obviously she can feel in her hands going through it that oh, this area uh, deserves more attention Mm -hmm. to kind of work through that, like scarring underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why you're paying for professional care. First of all, the needle reaches deeper. And secondly, they have that attention to detail that can really give you a tailored treatment to target those spots. Yeah. And um, I think the other thing, just so you guys kind of understand what microneedling does, it, it uses a needle. And it injures the skin um, to kind of build up and generate that collagen generation. And that's how um, they found that, you know, it's promising to use this, you know, for um, for just general acne scarring. And what's even more exciting is that they're also looking to, into this in combo with fractional lesotherapy for severe scarring. So um, I think that's exciting. It's also great because microneedling is a lot cheaper than laser therapy um and so that's another avenue that i i personally if i you know really am um, gonna be you know i'm all in on taking care of you know the acne scarring like that would be the first road i'd probably go go down and wanted you guys to know yeah um yeah and then yeah i think i think the other thing i kind of just want to say is you know, all of these in-office treatments, probably the first thing that you guys think about is that it's pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, just save your money in terms of saving, you know, in terms of like scar, like all those scar topicals that you hear about. You're always going to hear that there's like some magic out there, some magical cream that will help with just save your money, put it towards the in-office, you know, find a good esthetician, uh, many spa. And I think that you would be a lot happier with those results than just constantly just trying these like $20 creams out there. Get just... a, a basket of Biore Aqua Reach. Get yeah. your sunscreen on <laughs> and then head to the office. Yeah. It, it, it Honestly, it's just uh, after the office treatments, then um, it's a good time to look at topicals to help those results perform even better. Yeah. But um, if you want something that like just completely removes your scarring, yeah. topicals not the place. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then the other thing, I this is more I wanted to like ask Gloria about. Um, so we kind of briefly mentioned here and there. Clearly, there is a correlation with the microbiome, and you know this diversity of your flora is really important. All right, we always like harp on how there's no data on you know any sort of microbiome skincare, but if I'm gonna come to you, Gloria, and I'm like, oh. I want to target my microbiome right now. I wanna, I I don't care. I wanted. I want to build a routine that's gonna make it happy. What would be your advice? Uh, I have a one-on-one cider house probiotic heart cider. Dunk your face. <laughs> uh, you know that's a great question. Um, nowadays, I wouldn't even think about. The, okay, first of all, don't take probiotic claims very seriously. Mm. Topically, you want to think about uh, what nowadays they call pre and postbiotic, which is kind of where the ingredients at. Pre is kind of, from my understanding, it's like bacteria food, you yeah. know, things like lactic acid, yeah. things that'll keep it happy, the good bacteria food. And then postbiotic is bacterial on- waste that keeps your environment happy for more bacteria. Bacteria poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, generally speaking, all I go for. Soothing green? Is that not the answer? <laughs> no, it's not. Like, I think that, I, I, I think it's everything that keeps your skin barrier healthy. Yes, skin barrier. Because a healthy back, we, um, I think we referenced to this when we did our collab with Peter Thomas Roth. Yes. But it's a cyclical cycle, yeah. right? You, healthy microbiome is healthy skin barrier. So, like, you know, you skin, just keep this skin cycle going. barrier begets microbiome, <laughs> so on, so forth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I think everything that you're, you're probably already doing it you know um but what we have seen is they're definitely looking at low ph cleansers not to like just blow that proportion yeah, yeah. which it does for us a little bit but you know that seems to help um having all the proper nmfs um all the hydrating Enemies. factors mm-hmm. um anything that promotes healthy skin barriers the soothing ingredients everything that makes it a happy ecosystem that would be in my I believe um, happy skin my microbiome. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Uh, <clears throat> I I will say I don't recommend things that claim to customize products based on your microbiome. Yeah, the science is at least like twenty five years behind in that department. Yeah. So whatever that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and that's it. Honestly, overall, the good news is um, most of what you're doing in your current acting routine is good enough for scar care, you know, and, and preventing that. Again, if you're sunscreening, you're, you know, you're keeping your skin soothed, looking into like vitamin C serums to help, you know, minimize that kind of like 
oxidation and free radicals that are generating all of this is all you know helpful in general like scar maintenance so um and then otherwise look to your in office so hopefully that helps you guys like piece all this together it's obviously very complicated and there's so many avenues to go down um but yeah and we'll be here but otherwise that ends the meet that ends we made it, we made it we made it it's finally time to Break it up. Break, break, break it up. Break, break, break it up. Bring it up. Damn, I'm going to die. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Laura? Okay, today it's my turn, and I decided to talk about pigeons. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> of all things. Yes. The rats so, in the sky. <laughs> yes. Victoria lived in New York City for a brief period, mm -hmm. and she's had a few run-ins with her lovely pigeon friends. I have. As anyone who's lived in New York City... You're probably not very fond of pigeons, but um, I decided to talk about pigeon raising, uh, pigeons in general, because of pigeon raising. Okay. Um, as a lot of our old-time followers know, um, we we do our manufacturing out in Taiwan, mm -hmm. so we do go out there a lot. And in one of our recent trips, I remember driving down south, and there are these cute little houses, yeah. and I mean tiny houses, little huts, little huts on the roofs. And I walk, and, and to me, I was like, oh, they're adorable. I had no idea what they were. So, um, and then our our friend our friend told us that those are raised pigeon houses. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, they live better than some people. So anyway, I decided to talk about, look into pigeon racing in general. Exciting. So first of all, pigeon racing has been around for a long time, centuries. So obviously before the telegraph was invented, mm -hmm. um, pigeon messengers is about the fastest you can get deliver letters to people. Aren't there some like immortalized pigeons in history? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, we'll get to that. Yeah, awesome. Um, I mean, pigeons can fly up to as fast as 60 miles per hour. Damn! And not the New York ones. No, not Those the New York. Those things been eating too much New York pizza. <laughs> uh, Victoria definitely fed a pigeon on her balcony, misguided. Actually, I have a story for you. I don't think Gloria knows if I'll tell it up. <laughs> no, yeah. So, anyway, so. Um, but their top speed can reach up to over like 120 mi miles per hour. Yeah, I but don't for believe. short distance. Yeah. <laughs> That's some aggressive pigeons. Yeah, those are some lean pigeons. <laughs> and um, since since um pigeons graduated from being the key messengers, um, nowadays a lot of like homing pigeons are used for pigeon races, mm. and some of the, like the biggest pigeon races the prize money is up to a million dollars or more wow. which means pedigree pigeons can be sold for absurd amount of money um it, it's been it's becoming very very popular in places like china mm. so recently there is a race pigeon called uh bolt bolt was sold for three hundred ninety nine thousand dollars there's another one called golden prince who was sold for three hundred seventy nine thousand dollars <laughs> And then my friend Nadine was sold for $469,000. Wow. But none of them compares to Armando, who was sold for $1.4 million. Wait, how? Why? It's like Why Armando? War. So Armando is a champion pigeon. Oh. And it was, so a lot of times when they buy these pigeons, it's, they are usually retired already by that point, but they get them for breeding purposes. Mm. But I will say that you see some interviews with like old fanciers. That's the name for like pigeon handlers fanciers pigeon fanciers nice um the old school crowd is like doesn't believe in the new money approach of okay. like crossbreeding champion pigeons they're like sometimes you buy two 
two pigeons for ten dollars each, and then you end up having a, a champion. You know, like okay, yeah. But what's fascinating is my Google history now looks really bizarre because I have questions like, how does one train a pigeon? <laughs> um, apparently. You take the pigeon out every day,、uh, okay. ideally every day, but at least a few times a week. Okay, about a mile away from、um, from home, and you release it to get it to go back home, and you slowly like kind of increase that distance.、Mm-hmm. And、um, pigeons are big homebodies, and they always want to go home.、Mm-hmm. So like the more you train them, they'll know to go home. And apparently, there's like a a record where they can travel up to a thousand miles to go home,、wow. and that's how like pigeon races work. Is you release them a set amount of miles away from home, and then they all have GPS devices on their feet, and that's how you know like. You know how you tell the difference between a flying rat of New York and like someone's <laughs> pet pigeon. I was just gonna say, I was like, oh, I'm starting to understand what, like, there's a business opportunity with New York pigeons. I think. <laughs> yes,、uh, they'll pick up surprises for you along the way too. So,、um, anyway, because、That's、it's、awesome. becoming so popular in certain parts of the world.、Um, Pigeon kidnapping is apparently a big issue no, too. No, not Armando. <laughs> no, Armando. <laughs> you'll see people in that just like take that on pigeon. Wow. And they'll call the little foot tag, but I have your pigeon. <laughs> no, yeah, they I, hold them hostage. Yes, they hold pigeons ransom? Host- for ransom. Yes. Damn.、Um, apparently, there's a gambling scene with certain、oh. pigeon racing too. But anyway, it is fascinating. And as Victoria mentioned, throughout history, there are some very, very famous、um, homing pigeons and messenger pigeons.、Mm-hmm. And one of the、uh, one of the best stories is Sheer Amy. I think、um, this was a.、Uh, The U.S.'s homing pigeon, that messenger pigeon,、yeah. used in World War One. It was actually a gift from the British.、Mm. But the famous story is that there was、um, a nickname U.S. battalion called the Lost Battalion. Everyone thought they got wiped out. Basically, in World War One, they were trapped somewhere in the trenches,、mm-hmm. surrounded by Germans. They couldn't get out, so they kept sending out like、uh, messenger pigeons to try to get help. And obviously, Germans will see the pigeons and shoot them down.、Um, mm. But this one, Sherami actually made it out, and、um, By the time he made it back to home base, he had been shot through the breast, blinded in one eye, and had one leg hanging only by a tendon, but、oh, still made it. But because Sheer Amy made it home,、uh, she was able to save the 194 sub-、uh, sub- survivors from that battalion. Oh, that's awesome! It's a cute story, but I will tell you the wiki page has a picture of Sheer Amy stuffed. <laughs> 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 Terrifying looking, <laughs> but yes, they pit- stuffed her. <laughs> they stuffed her.、Oh, they immortalized her. Well, not like that. Mean, I'm like a bronze statue. <laughs> I mean, about taxidermy. <laughs> By the way, fun taxidermy or tragic tax, whatever that road is. Have a look. Also very entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> that taxidermy is one of my fondest memories. Of, yeah, it's- <laughs> the fox is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's that's awesome. I so I always thought horse racing was the thing, but I realized the whole time it's pigeon, pigeon racing. Yes. Oh,、huh, I wonder if we can ever go to a race. That sounds like fun. Yeah. So I also want to ask people like fanciers like what their casualty rate is. Like, I'm no, I'm sure. Tr- so okay, in Asia, 
um, there are cuisines that involve pigeons. Yes, yeah. So once in a while, am I, did someone cook you a champion pigeon? <laughs> like that would be s- just I don't know because they go super far away from yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, so. they do. Um, is there like a stat on like accuracy of them returning home? Actually, that's a great point. I did not look it up. I will put this guy. I'm sure there is. And I'm sure that goes with breeding and yeah. stuff, too. And I just wonder, like... And so they're all, like, GPS tracked mm-hmm. and whatnot. And um, actually, speaking of stats, um, there there was a pocket of time where pigeons are actually function as the original drones. Um, this I think this, like, English engineer made a little vest mm-hmm. and put a little camera on pigeons, and then that's how they take surveillance ah, images um, back in the day. Very cool. But, yes. Awesome. But I, I also, um, we'll, we'll have a picture of the pigeons that is referring to and their ransom money. <laughs> well, in the ransom money, because I just want to say those pigeons are super lean mm-hmm. compared to the ones you see in New York. Jacked pigeons. They definitely did not eat pizza for breakfast. <laughs> no, they definitely did it. And I have to tell Gloria, so when I first moved to New York, uh, I wasn't used to, like, the vermin of New York. And... I happen to be like walking and when you're not used to like the hustle and bustle of the city you just kind of like everything's like a little oversensitized and I remember as I was walking an SUV just like you just see a pigeon just like run into the SUV and land at my feet like next to it was actually at the in the road Mm -hmm. and you can see that it's like injured and it's trying to like flap and like get out of the way and it's literally going to be roadkill and so like I remember looking at that and I was like it's that's like the worst way to die because like you literally see like all these cars just like coming mm. towards it driving over and you're like oh my god so um anybody who lives in new york is probably gonna squeal but i like with my bare hands picked it up walked it over and i was like stopping traffic just know that i was like brand new to the city so i don't understand like the how dirty these pigeons can be was just like picked it up was like oh my god 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 and then like <laughs> dropped it in a bush <laughs> and then walked away <laughs> and like and i just want you to know how many drivers and taxi drivers cursed at me for stopping traffic because for, i was just like i didn't know pigeon. Yeah, i didn't know what to do you know you're like looking at them like that's literally the worst way to die and I was like, you have to do something. And then here my they were like, F you, the thing's effing dead already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, was like, that is the most new to New York story I've ever heard. I'm oh, just not used to it. I have a fun pigeon story. Yes. Maybe not that fun, but um, in college, yeah. we put out like one of our microwaves died. So we okay. put it out on balcony okay. and being college, shitty college kids, we didn't bother doing anything about microwave, <laughs> just sitting there yeah. collecting dust. Yeah, yeah. And I went to school somewhere very cold. So after winter, we forgot that I was there yeah. and the next thing we looked out the window we realized that this um pigeon couple used it as basically a nest it was like using it as a shelter <laughs> so build a little nest okay and pigeons build like the most trashy nest so it was like you see like little wires and pieces of like cheetos bags and whatnot oh, and no. made a little nest and like eggs and I was like oh my god it's so cute so fascinating and I remember there was like I th- okay the thing was two eggs, three eggs and two hatched. And basically, there are two like baby pigeons. And like the first thing they were born, like no, none of us disturbed it. We're like, oh my god, miracle of life, so cute. We'll look outside <laughs> the window. We're like, oh my god, so cute. 
Dude, as they grow bigger, they are so ugly. <laughs> but anyway, the problem is because it was a pigeon nest, our balcony was just covered in pigeon uh, shit. And then one day I came back and I was going to like go out to the balcony to check on the baby pigeon just to see like where it is. And my roommate at the time was like, don't go out there. I was like, what happened? And it's just see from the corner of my eye, I just see a big crow with the pigeon head sticking out of its beak. I was like, oh! <laughs> that was, that was uh, my lesson about nature from college. Planet Earth University style. There yeah. you go. I was very sad for about like a week. And then after the the other pigeon survived the, the oh. crow attack and then grew up to be an adult and left the nest. And we're like, oh, that was so cute. And then now he scrub all the pigeon poo off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, bird poo is super potent. Toxic, so. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the animal plus back corner pigeons. Woo. Awesome. All right, last section. Yes, and we're ready to end the week. Ooh, it is Q and A time. All right, let's do it. This is from Lisa. Yes, I actually really love this question. Mm-hmm. Lisa asked. Um, uh, about podcast, she says, on, our, on your podcast, you mentioned studies that discounted some of these antioxidants. They were done by a developer mm. of skin circle C ferulic. Mm. Shouldn't those be considered highly biased and therefore questionable? Mm. Also, can you speak about astaxanthin, mm-hmm. uh, the ingestible, its effects on skin? Is that the heliocare? Uh, I don't remember actually, mm. but it's it's the shrimp shell antioxidant. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um does it offer any protection against sun damage? Mm. All right. Great question. Yeah. So you highlighted a few really good uh, good problems with researching skincare in general. Mm-hmm. Um it is very rare if ever you'll find a completely non-biased source. Yeah. Um it is what it is and we do have to just look at each pa- paper by its merits. Yes. Um the two of us try to look at it from um, certain angles like, oh, does it have a placebo? How many, what's the sample size? And kind of go from there. Because the reality is a lot of the studies are funded by various um, biased parties. And it's that's the only way the you're going to get the research to move forward. Right, yeah. exactly. And I agree with you that, yes, coming from SkinCircles, that the the founder definitely want to find a certain type of result yeah. but at the same time to be fair they put their own formula to the through test. the same test yeah so to us that's fair enough you i know? also think that you have to give them credit for um acknowledging some of these competitors too um very rarely will you find yes, studies that are studies. willing to do head-to-heads and that's why it's so difficult to really discern and why we don't like to answer like is this Which ingredient is better? better. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that that is totally fair. Um, you will be surprised a lot. I, I want to say probably like at, for me, I would estimate 80% of the studies out there are funded in some form or manner, not by big companies, but with the intention of some sort of business. Yeah. Right. So um, it's just the nature of I don't know, a capitalistic society? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know that study? Um, I think the one that I, I think is like the guardian angel study is the one that we recently found on the SPF oils. Oh, yes. Because that is definitely, yes. they do not gain anything except to prove a point and that oils are not sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, our mm-hmm. oils are not supposed to be sunscreen filters. And that is just doing everyone a favor. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, anything, yeah. 
in terms of efficacy. Yeah, I just love that um, you asked about this question yeah. because it's a very valid point, and it is just it's just the nature of this industry. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for bringing it up. I think sorry, I want to add more thing. We we really try to like read through all the like papers in detail. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you, you there's a paywall, and you can only process the abstract. And I guarantee you, I don't know how many times this is true, where the abstract, you read past that, you want to look at the protocol, no. the method, how, how many, um, the subjects they're recruiting, the types of studies they're doing, all of that plays a factor into the actual value of the paper. And so that's what we try to do for you guys. So, yeah. And yeah. honestly, if you guys were only two people, if you guys see any studies yeah. you think we missed, definitely send our way. Just like the previous episode. Um, yeah, sometimes we go over paywall, like Victoria mentioned, you'll see certain things like we, we sometimes get messages like, oh, you talk shit about this ingredient, but I heard it's this paper, the, the study that showed that's a miracle for whatever condition. Yeah. And then we uh, and then we read the full paper and realize, oh, it's N equals three and like there's no <laughs> placebo. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, that is the complexity of researching for skincare. Yeah. OK, awesome. Great question. Uh. I don't know anything about astaxanthin, so... Oh, so... Um, I apologize. I don't know much about this. all Gloria. Uh, yeah, so yes, it has been a pretty popular ingredient as of late, especially in the ingestible world. Um, does it help with... I'm going to answer this more generally. Does it protect against sun damage? So oral sun damage care or sun damage prevention care has a surprising amount of data to show that it helps. Um almost like the topical C for look study that you just referenced that oh like by applying this or by eating this skins like that amount of sunlight that causes damage seems to go up um so yes there are some basis for that but no it will never replace sunscreen so okay uh like victoria mentioned the helio care is a is a um, ingestible that's done a lot of studies about how their ingestible can help prevent some damage this is great for those of you who is hypersensitive to the sun it's just another layer of protection but does it replace any of the topicals no it doesn't um about astaxanthin specifically, there are some very interesting data. Uh, I will say, I think I saw a lot of good papers coming out of Japan. The problem with that is sometimes the abstracts in English, but the actual papers in Japanese, and uh, I'm out of luck there. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah. So again, a supplement, secondary, not a replacement. Right. Um, yeah. All right. And our last question is from Cloudy Day Girl. She asks a very simple question. Do sunscreen mist work and how much do I spray? Yeah. Um, great question. Uh, sunscreen mist, the way they're tested is actually by spraying on the hand, the proper amount, and then applying on whatever surface. So if you go back to our sunscreen controversy um, podcast, I think yeah. it's three episodes ago at this point, um, we talked about how sunscreens tested and there's that um, that two milligrams per um, per millimeter square. Wow, I got my units all wrong, but it's a measure amount by weight per um per surface area measurement and yeah. that goes for all formats yeah uh two milli t- two millimeter oh, two milligrams two milligrams per centimeter squared yes. is like, the metric like, whoa that's tiny that is not right I was like, no. well, yes i'm sorry it's wait. a late day and wait, i finished this <laughs> Anyways, um, so that that would be the best way to apply and ensure you're getting proper protection. 
Um, it does work. It's actually a very convenient way to reapply because the formula is a lot lighter, more fluid. Um, you just want to make sure that the film is nicely set up and that's it. So Yeah, so when people ask us questions like how much, we always say more is more when it comes to sunscreen. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Awesome. All right. I think we have reached the end. This is a really long episode. It might be cut up into two. Yeah. We're hitting like close to the two hour mark, which is new for us. Yes. I really thought the sunscreen controversy one would be longer. I think maybe deep down inside, we really want to end that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong, guys. All right. What's next, Gloria? <laughs> oh, um, dry skin? Um, are we hitting dry skin weather yet? No. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Oh. If we haven't done it, it's probably time because, you know, visit. we're starting to get into the later parts of summer. We want to talk about that buildup of pigmentation you might have gotten through summer. <gasps> so, and kind of changing up, getting mm. your routine ready for fall and winter. So, yes. Sound good? Stay good tuned to see if we lied about the next episode's <laughs> topic. All right. Uh, uh, where can they find us, Gloria? Oh, right. So thank you guys for listening. You can find <laughs> us on our website at chemistconfessions.com, on Instagram at uh, chemist.confessions. Um, DM us there. Send us an email at info at chemistconfessions.com. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.